The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's The Blitz with Jason and Joe, live from Radio Row for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryanagel. I'm Jason Menix in Vegas for our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage. Brought to you by Synergenics and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Joined now by Solomon Wilcox. Played in the NFL for a long time. Used to see him doing all the games on CBS. And you're doing Sirius XM now covering the league. Do, doing right. everything. And in a break we were just talking about C.J. Mm-hmm. Stroud. Um, uh, think about a rookie quarterback that is come on and played at the level that he is playing at, who would you compare him to? Wow. I don't think there's any comparison. I'm serious. I mean, I I think what we're seeing from him, think about the movement in the pocket, the high football IQ, throwing the ball with great accuracy. He's doing things that we've never seen a young quarterback do. 191 consecutive pass attempts without throwing an interception. By the time it's all said done, only five interceptions on the season. Um, and just lacing it. I remember, what was it, the 75 yards touchdown strike early in the game against Cleveland. This is the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie quarterback. Nobody's supposed to be playing like this <laughs> as a rookie in the postseason. Uh, and he's just lacing it down the field. I think I told um, Todd Haley, who works with us on Sirius XM NFL Radio, I said that touchdown pass to Nico Collins was like a javelin. Yeah. I mean, the way it. The trajectory it was on, the accuracy that it was on, the defense didn't stand a chance, and he just carved them up that day. We've we've never seen a rookie quarterback get off to this kind of start, and particularly to go from worst to first within a division and then get to the playoffs and not teeter out. He goes and wins it when he gets to the postseason. I just thought it was one of the best rookie seasons by a quarterback that we've ever seen. You know, Solomon, when you look at that entire team and what D'Amico Ryans has done with that football team and the culture that he has instilled in that thing, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a turnaround like the Texans. I mean, obviously, C.J. Stroud's a big part of that, but, man, D'Amico Ryans just coming in there and and just pushing that thing forward. It starts with an attitude, right? Yeah. And what that attitude is, an attitude of belief. You got to, I mean, to take that organization that at the end of the day, coming in, I don't know that anyone gave them a chance of winning eight games, yeah. seven games, right? If you'd have won seven, you would have thought, oh, it wasn't bad. Good right? season. Yeah. You would have taken it. But no, they they go beyond that. I remember after the Bengals game, and I watched carefully, He, the team gathered around him, and he said to the players, you beat a very good team today. He said, and then that's because, and he pointed at them, and they all said in unison, because we're a good team. Now I said, uh-oh. Uh. I, said, I said, that's a dangerous team right there. Because he's already instilled, and in he just gave them the cue for them to say what he had taught them to say. Yeah. We're not shocked that we beat a good team because we're a good team. And I'm thinking that's a dangerous club right there. And sure enough, it proved out in November, December. They went on to beat some other good football teams. And now um, I just think they have the elixir. They have all the ingredients 
um, to really continue to be a great team because they're only going to continue to get better. Solomon Wilcox joining us here on the Blitz live on at Radio Row in Las Vegas. And Solly, every year when we talk to you here on Radio Row, um, you know, most of it's about the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we're San Antonio. We're the Cowboys affiliate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, You've got the Texans that were not even an afterthought for the last several years. This year they've played their way into the conversation. And you talk about all that they have, the future looks so bright. The Cowboys, they're, they're the same. Twelve regular season wins and then uh, an embarrassing loss in the playoffs. Why is that? Yeah, it's it's not an easy answer, but here's I'm just gonna try to give a quick synopsis. Okay. Starts at the top, right? And we love Jerry Jones. I mean, what he has done for this league, he's helped this league to grow economically in the same way that the Dallas Cowboys in value has grown. Forbes has them listed as the highest value team in our league. And rightfully so, because Jerry's done a wonderful job of marketing and selling. And that's what he does every year when he talks about his team. He markets, he sells, and most people, if you talk to anyone in marketing, what do they do? Overpromise, underdeliver. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean it is almost, it's almost unanimous. It's almost, I mean, it, it, overpromise, overpromise, and he leaves it up to Mike McCarthy to deliver on those promises. He leaves it up to Dak to deliver on those promises. And I don't care. He sells at such a high level, he's the best at it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That no one can live up to the promises he makes every year in the offseason. It's just been repeated every single year. So I think it starts with that. And then he sets the fan base up for this heartache because they're buying into these promises. As soon as the team just falls just a little bit short of those goals. Because that's what you get every year at 12 wins, winning the division, um, a defense that's had 93 takeaways over the last three years, more than any other defense in the NFL. But still... Because of the promise, it wasn't good enough. So the promise is greater than what they're able to deliver upon. It leaves the fan base feeling that they just can't even appreciate what happens because they missed the mark, right? And so I just think they have to just go back to work building a better team in critical areas, run defense, right? you got to be better there. I think they've got to run the ball a little bit. Dak Prescott got better and delivered. He, he helped make C.D. Lamb better. I think the coach made the quarterback a better player at his position. And by all the metrics, they improved in some of those areas, but no one wanted to talk about the weaknesses of the Cowboys. What are they? If they play with a lead and playing at home, oh, my God, they're a good football team. Yeah. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, yeah, if they yeah, got they, the lead. Now, if they get behind, <laughs> and I said this going into the playoff game against the Green Bay Packers, I wonder what the Cowboys are going to do if they fall behind early. And have to play from behind and come back. Because that means now you got to stop the run, right? Which they could not do against the Green Bay Packers. And if they're not getting turnovers, what are you going to do? Which they didn't do against the Green Bay Packers. So a lot of teams, many people who study this league, you kind of know who and what the Dallas Cowboys are. They're good, but not great. They are good, but they're, they're just not great. Now they need to go on to work on those components that help them get to that next level. You're going to make him cry, by stop. the way. He may need some Kleenex uh, before too long. They don't hear a lot of truth around there. Do I know. We, no, we, no, we no. all speak the truth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly right. Cowboy haters just love piling it on. <laughs> even, though you hear it, even though I say it. Yeah. It's just so easy to do. Uh-huh. You know? Those that you. like low-hanging fruit like Joe. <laughs> of course. You're the perfect guy to ask, though. And, and I saw this just watching the game and, I, and 
scared is not the right word, nervous, maybe confused. I, I saw a look in Dak Prescott's eyes that I hadn't really seen all year, and he almost looked like uh, like he was pressing or something. When you see that as a defensive guy, can, can you see that in a quarterback's face? I, I didn't see a lack of confidence there. Okay. What I did see was uh, not having answers to a problem. Um, and, you know, Dr. Hansen, who's with me today, yeah. he's never had the experience this because doesn't he look like a guy's got all the answers to the test? Uh, he does. But a lot of us, us mere mortals, every now and then we would take an exam and you're like, uh-oh, right? <laughs> I did that a lot, That's the look the that Dak Prescott had on his face, like, uh-oh. Because early in the game, they were trying to get C.D. Lamb going. Mm-hmm. And you could tell... There were some issues where what they needed to make some adjustments. Just put it that way. And they went to CD Lamb. Hey, we got to do this. We got to. You could see the coach over there trying to give some instruction. And then after that, what did they try to do? They tried to force the ball into CD, mm-hmm. and that was the pick six for a touchdown. And so they got further and further behind on the scoreboard. While at the same time, this look of bewilderment on the face of the quarterback. It was on other players' face too, like. Look, they're taking away the things that we do best. And what happens in the playoffs, because we don't play the best out of four or five-game series, it's a one-time performance. You either get it done today or you're going home. Season's over. And I think they felt it slipping away. And you could see a sense of panic, a sense of desperation as they fell further and further behind on the scoreboard. And it was an insurmountable lead, by the way. Yeah. Uh, And so... At the end of the day, I think that you saw some of that sort of in real time. You saw him processing some of that, yeah. and I think that's what it was. I, I don't think it was because he felt like, man, we, you know, I'm overwhelmed. I can't play. He kept slinging it. He ended up with over 400 yards yeah. passing yeah. Garbage on the day, time. but it was garbage time. Yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's give it, it was this. easy when it was when there was no pressure. Give it some context, well, right? No hope. <laughs> you know? A lot of people do wonder, though, including me. I, I use the term playoff Prescott. Because he is two and five in the postseason, seems like in the biggest moments he doesn't show up. When the brights are, when the lights are bright, he, he's not there. He's not a, you know, like you talked about C.J. Stroud. Why is a rookie able to do that? Dak's been in the league eight years. Why do? Why are there times in big games like that the moment seems too big? I would say the moment is too big for the entire team. Ah. See, and I, I think the Cowboys they go back to somebody's got to be the blame for this underperformance <laughs> mm-hmm. after all this promise. Uh, they fired so a janitor, blame, I think. We gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to blame somebody. Dak Prescott have, plays the position that bears a lot of the burden of responsibility, win or lose, but sometimes disproportionate to how, what is really taking place there. Think about the Green Bay Packers, where they score on each of their four, four or five yeah, positions. Yeah. So where was this Where was this great Dan Quinn defense? It was gone. Yeah. But, nobody, but you now. don't hear that. Oh. No. You don't, you, we hear that Dak Prescott failed. We don't hear about the other areas of the team where they break down. It clearly didn't even show up. At least Dak Prescott kept swinging. It might have been garbage time stats, but he was still doing his job. He was still out fighting and competing to perform. Defense just laid down, man, like a flat carpet. It was over. <laughs> it was, it, it was, was over. It, it, it was ugly. Where were yeah. all those turnovers? Where gone. were all those pick sixes? Yeah. 
You know, uh, we got some guys who went into the witness protection program who's supposed to be sacking quarterbacks. Once y'all compared him to Lawrence Taylor, he, st- he stopped playing. <laughs> well, who are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't his fault. Just I, ask him. Yeah. I, of course. See? But you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And yet they're the ones pointing fingers at their own teammates. They're allowing family members. Oh, it's oh my gosh. To point. Is that crazy? That's it, crazy. That, that has no place. In our game, it has no place in professional sports. It has no place in our society, right? Right. Uh, how dare my a family member of mine speak publicly about what's taking uh, place in our workplace? Yeah. About my colleagues? Yeah. I, 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 we would never even allow it. If my mom commented on what my boss is doing at work, I'd be like, "Mom, really?" I mean, <laughs> <laughs> locker room sacred I, she place. She would do that anyway. Yeah. My yeah. mom would. My mom would do that anyway. But she knows. But if she did, what would you do? I would talk. I would talk to my mom. First of all, she taught me. I, she, her, her standards are well above mine. I only wish to aspire to have. That's a great uh, answer. You know, that have is. the same, <laughs> the same kind of mode of operation that she does. However. Um, she taught me that if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. She always taught me to be respectful uh, when you do have something to say about someone. And she taught me also to always be willing to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? And uh, and I think within the workplace, if your teammates, if you're your coaching staff, you don't point. As soon as Dan Quinn gets another job, he's got his top player taking jobs at yes. Dan Quinn, his former defense coordinator, who helped make him an all-pro. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's and you and and you wonder why at critical moments it breaks down. What do they say about adversity? Uh It reveals our true character. And and these are guys that don't trust each other. These are guys that how are you going to have your brother talking about that your quarterback should take less so you could get paid? It's insane. It's Speaking insane. the truth, Solomon Wilcox here on the Blitz on ninety four one at San Antonio Sports Star. Speaking the truth as well about Macy. Now we've got Dr. Chad Hansen with us, who is the Raiders team doctor and the Golden Knights team doctor as well. Out of curiosity, I'm a big hockey guy, uh, and, and you know injury reports in the NFL, we know everything. Hockey, lower body, upper body, he might be alive, he might not. He might have lost a leg, he might not. What are the worst? Who has worse injuries, hockey or football? Well, hockey players are quite tough. And, uh, and so football players are What does aren't? that mean by football players? Okay. <laughs> in, in terms of in-game desire to try to get back on the ice, these hockey players are scratching and clawing. They're getting sewn up without lidocaine. They're, you know, they're That's getting bad. x-rays, and, and they're heading back to the ice before they even know if the leg's broken or not. Uh, and so there, there is that kind of uh, stay with your, your brother's mentality on the ice. Football is a, is a very very injury prone sport and 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 the speed at which it's played if you if you lose one percent you can't compete and so it, it can be very challenging even with what many would consider a minor injury to stay on the field it's just that competitive i've got to ask you a question because it's been a big topic uh here for some time now grass artificial surface is there a difference in the amount of injuries between the two there's a difference in the amount of complaining between the two. Yes, there is that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Tell me about Macy, the knee cartilage repair uh, using your own cells that that obviously you are, are a believer in. 
this is one of the, the answers we do have to a problem. In knee cartilage for adults, when you have damage to your own cartilage, there's a way to do a tissue repair that harnesses your own cells to cover that defect. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? That is incredible. This is new, innovative science, new treatment. Um, go to Macy.com. You want to find a doctor in your area. You want to find out more information. But, again, it uses your own cells to grow your own cartilage to keep you from deteriorating to that area, that space where you're bone on bone and eventually might end up needing knee total knee replacement surgery. Macy.com is M-A-C-I.com, M-A-C-I.com. And, and Doc, uh so as the doctor for a hockey team, I imagine you know a pretty good dentist here in Las Vegas, right? That's, that's maybe the most critical job day to day. See, Tim here last night broke a tooth. He, he's trying to find a dentist. Anybody you can recommend, uh, leave, leave a number for him because he, you're not a dentist, too, right? You don't, you don't do it all? Uh, not quite. <laughs> but if you know a good dentist, we know somebody that needs one. Perfect. I'll awesome. take care of him. M-A-C-I.com, Macy.com, Dr. Chad Hansen, Solomon Wilcox. Man, always great catching up with you, man. Always great. Always great. Always you guys, too. We thank you for awesome. allowing us to come on with you. Appreciate it. Solly, uh, appreciate it. I'm sure we'll see you next year. Yeah. Absolutely. And listen to him uh, on uh, Sirius XM's NFL Radio, all the great stuff and the analysis that he does.